For hundreds of years, the planet Mars has been the subject of heated controversy among scientists. Falcon Heavy is configured for flight. Tango Delta nominal. Five, four, three, two. Main engine start, zero, and liftoff of the Delta rocket with opportunity. When you look at a planet as one little tiny dot in space, it, it really isn't representative of what's going on on the planet. It's a stretch goal. It is so audacious. We are one world, and that we are more connected than we um, give ourselves credit for a lot of the time. Hello, welcome to We Martians. I'm Jake Robbins. 2023 is here, and we look back on an exciting ramp-up in lunar activity that is now upon us. From the successful Artemis 1 launch to a fleet of robotic explorers, the moon is now a really happening place again. As we do every year, my friends Brendan Byrne and Emily Speck, space reporters from Florida Space Coast, join me to talk about what's to come as the lunar madness continues. Crew selections, commercial landers, ice mappers, and more. The moon will continue to be a big focus this year. I wanted to know what my friends were planning for, so I called them up to have a fun chat and start the year off on the right foot. All right, so we're here today with Brendan Byrne, Emily Speck. It's our annual tradition kicking off the year of space uh, here on We Martians. I'm so excited to have you back. I've lost count. Is I mean, you're here basically every year, so I guess this is seven. I think we're, I don't know, somewhere awesome. in there. Yeah. Seven years of the show <laughs> means good. seven years of you. So <laughs> I think right. that's, let's go with that number. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, but I'm so excited to have you here. So welcome. Uh, yeah. Let's start off with um, just a little bit catching up. So uh, how has your 2022 been? You know, like how did that go for you in terms of coverage? What have you been working on uh, lately in your jobs? Maybe Emily will start with you. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, this year has been, gosh, so busy. We've had <laughs> we had over 60 SpaceX launches alone. There were there was a launch at almost every week, if not multiple launches a week. So just the activity has been crazy. And then we had starting at the beginning of the summer, we had it was like the SLS Artemis launch campaign. Um, I'm not sure how many rollouts you guys covered, but I covered at least three. (laughs) So got to see the mega moon rocket roll out three times, which was each time just daunting and exciting. Um, And then we had three launch attempts. <laughs> so, um, and then eventually it happened. So that, I feel like the last half of my year has just been Artemis, 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 even though the mission was only throughout basically November and December. So that's, <laughs> I feel like that's kind of been my life. Um, also, you know, just kind of looking at other moon missions, it's the year of the moon. We've got a lot of things coming. There were supposed to be some other moon launches this year that that didn't happen that got delayed i know we'll talk about those but yeah just trying to keep track of everything um i yeah and then i feel like you know we got to mention dart because dart happened Mm -hmm, Uh, nasa crashed and a spacecraft into an asteroid that was really exciting um Wow, asking me to think back 365. That's hard. I think I'll it was stop a there really busy year. It, it's, I'm it's crazy. Brendan fills in my gaps. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I think you're you're bang on. Like the the SpaceX launches, especially. Like I I just don't even really pay attention to when they go up anymore. It's like, oh yeah, there's just always there's just constantly a Falcon flying uh, out of your backyard there, and I I can't I can't track them all. I just it's too many. And yeah. So, so it's been a it's been a wild year. Yeah. Uh, Brendan, how about you? 
Uh, well, Emily, you've, you've, you failed to mention JWST images. This oh, year. my um, gosh. I missed a whole, like, $10 billion telescope. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I apologize to everyone. <laughs> yeah. I, I was looking back at some of the episodes that I did uh, this year, and it's like every – we talked about how there's a, a Falcon 9 launch, like, every week. It seemed like every month I was talking about JWST's new Im newest images or something on the show. So um, that's been keeping me busy. Um Jake, this is we're going into year year what seven for your show, so that's the same for me, right? Uh, yeah. Going into year eight, just finished year. Okay, seven. so I'm going yeah. into year seven. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's it's been it's been a very very busy year for me. JW JWST was awesome. Um, I mean, seeing SLS fly, I I only saw the first rollout. Emily, I just sent my photographer out for the other two. <laughs> like, you can go deal with that. I I've seen it once. Fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, that was awesome. And I was thinking about Jake. I, I think on one of these wrap up shows or, or look ahead shows, you asked me a question about like, you think that they will cancel SLS before it launches? And I'm pretty sure I dodged the question. So I'm here to, to, um, uh, to, to say, no, they won't cancel it before it launches. <laughs> good, so, good, yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really, you really nailed that one by being, uh, <laughs> nailed the question really good. <laughs> wow. What a cop out. Oh my what gosh. A <laughs> And it was, it's funny you described that you went to the rollout and then sent your photographer after that. That is basically the Artemis One mood. Everyone was like so excited for that first. Like I flew to Florida, Kamala Harris flew to Florida. We all flew to Florida to go see this rocket. And then like the second one was at night and no one was awake. And it was just like, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think anything little, else has uh, ever lackluster. had so many first last times, you know, yeah. I think, <laughs> like saying like, this is the last, you know, the last time that it's going to roll out and it's like, oh, no, nope, this is this is the last time. Nope, this this one is the last time. So I don't know about I you. I almost didn't go. I almost didn't go the day of the, the launch. launch. I was like, there's no way it's launching today. I'm not even going to wake up and go out there. And at I the think, last minute, I'm like, you know what? I better go. I think I, do, I, think I do remember you messaging Emery, Kelly, and I and being like, so how late can I possibly wait <laughs> to go to this thing? <laughs> and we were also nervous about traffic. And then I think a lot of other people had the same kind of, uh, I don't know, the same kind of feeling about it. And so there was no traffic. But yeah, no, that was, yeah. and I didn't even, I go, I didn't even walk outside time. until it was like 30 seconds to count to launch because it's like, nope not happening no way it's gonna scrap <laughs> like and then after i was like i guess i should go outside <laughs> <laughs> that's yikes yeah i wish i could have been there i'm really sad about it um but i just couldn't i couldn't swing two two flights out there in such a short period of time um so maybe that's what we'll start i mean we're gonna talk about moon stuff today and artemis is obviously a big part of that so how was watching the launch? Maybe give us some on the ground reports. What did that feel like seeing that that uh, thing flying? The, it's the first time we've ever had that rocket go, so it's a brand new, brand new uh, in your chest feeling, I imagine. Yeah, it was all right. No, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely amazing and totally worth the wait. And um, I mean, I I've covered quite a few launches, probably not as many as as Emily has. Um, but. I've never seen anything like that and or felt anything like that. I mean, the, the sky, you could see the blue in the sky. Like it was absolutely bonkers. It was like daytime. Um, the photographers yeah, it was, complained it was, it was too bright. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they were like, wow, it was it was too bright. Yeah. A lot of my photos like are the morning, blown yeah. out <laughs> and like, ruined. Their yeah. stuff and like they're trying to shoot. It, it was it was it was wild. It, I mean, it was it was absolutely incredible to see it fly. And and I think for me. You know, this is something that I, I, my first story I ever did 
um, as a space reporter was EFT-1, Exploration Flight Test 1 in 2014. So, I mean, that was Orion launching on a Delta IV Heavy. Like, th this this mission is, you know, why I started as a space reporter and, and you know, why how I got my start in this, too. So to see it fly was really incredible. And then to be standing with a lot of the, um, you know, the, the journalists that, that I, you know, really admire and who I've been following their work, you know, Eric Berger was, was standing next to me for, for the launch. And like, that was so cool to, to be, you know, with someone that's been reporting on this for even longer than I have to, to see this go off and just how silent everybody was just in awe of this thing. It was, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I echo everything you said about just like the magnitude of the launch and just how different it was. You know, this is the most powerful rocket that we've of our generation that we've ever seen launch. You know, there were obviously people that were there for for Saturn, but this was different. It was it was really really powerful, and it was. I just remember watching it go up and being like, oh my gosh, it's finally happening. And I was thinking about all the people in like in flight control and like everyone who's worked on this mission for just over a decade and how stressed out they must be. So it made me kind of stressed out. And then I was really excited <laughs> once it got to the point where I could stop straining my neck and staring up at it and everything was nominal. And then I was like, okay, it's up. It's, it's up. <laughs> like that was, that was really cool. And then, and for me, like, so I was at all of the launch attempts and I think you were too, Brendan, but Every so every launch attempt, like a little inside info, I'm I'm very pregnant right now. So every launch attempt, I was like, this is I'm not going to be able to go to the next one because I'm going to be too pregnant and uncomfortable. And being at the space center for a launch, it's like a full 16 hour day. You got to get there like 12 hours in advance. It's insane. And so every launch attempt, I was like, oh, I'm just I'm not going to be able to see it because it's you know it's going to be the next one. It's going to be too much. But this one, I was like, nope. This is the last one. I'm definitely not going <laughs> after this one. And so, and I went and then I was just like really excited because I was thinking like, you know, this is our, this is our generation's rocket, but it's really not. It's really the next generation. Like this is my daughter's generation, the Artemis generation. Like she could walk on the moon, like it's no big deal. I mean, eventually, <laughs> but so that was, I kind of had an emotional moment, like that I was very proud for, for what's to come. So that was unusual. And I don't think I would have felt that if I hadn't been a hormonal monster. <laughs> <laughs> I felt emotional too. Like, and I think everybody did. Like, I, I mean, you, there, you, you can't not be, you know, I mean, we, we've, we, I think the three of us have talked about this before. Like, you know, as a journalist, you try to like distance yourself from the story and, you know, maintain some, you know, sense of, you know, unbiasedness or whatever. But I mean, there are certain moments or certain stories or that you're just like, holy crap, like this is amazing and I'm witnessing history right now and you can't not help but be emotional about it. So Yeah, you got um, to. I, I, yeah, I, I might not I, have I, been I, as emotional as, as, <laughs> as you are, but, but I felt it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely I, I feel a like, sigh of um, relief. <laughs> I feel like solid rocket boosters just basically always have, have that effect. So like it's, you know, you feel those things thumping. It's, it's hard not well, to. And so I, I had, I hadn't, I had not seen a shuttle launch that close. Um, I mean, I, I would see them from, you know, you know, the, the public areas or, or, I mean, I, we used to see shuttles from all the way down in Broward County, 200 miles South where I grew up. And I, I remember talking to Doug Hurley, um, who, was doing some some interviews ahead of it and i was like what can i expect and he's like man if you've never seen one of these srbs then 
you know, prepare to feel it. And so I was like, okay, so Doug Hurley, who, who probably knows more about these things than anybody ever will, uh, is giving me advice on, on what to expect. And, uh, he was right. You, you don't forget it. Those SRVs are just, man, they are incredible. They are incredible. And it was so clear. You could see Mm -hmm. every, like you could see them, um, for, you know, most of the flight profile. It It was so cool. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, I've so far missed out on any kind of solid rockets because I've only ever seen Falcon, Falcon Heavy, and then the one Atlas I saw was uh, was a four hundred one, so it didn't have any of the attached uh, solids. Yeah. So and I keep those, missing like, my they chances. Pale in comparison to to you know the <laughs> yeah. SLS SRBs or even the shuttle SRBs, those are a little dinky <laughs> SRBs yeah, when you yeah, compare it to to these <laughs> other rockets. But uh, yeah, you'll have to come out here for one, Jake. Next um, SLS. I tried. I tried. I tried. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so the mission was, was pretty successful overall, you know, once it finally got off the ground, then things went a lot smoother. Uh, Orion did its whole thing, went to the moon, flew around, came back, splashed down. Everything seemed to be real golden. Um, I'd love to know just like how you feel, you know, you, you mentioned we, we were talking about whether it was going to be canceled before it even flew before. Uh, how has your perspective changed on it now? Like, do you, do you feel like the success of this mission is going to be impactful to, not just the you know the people working on it, but also the people that have to support it, i.e., the you know government and Congress and taxpayers and all that kind of thing. I think it had to be perfect. Um, I think there was so much riding on this that had anything gone wrong, that would have been any critic's chance to pounce on this, whether it's it's you know funding or or otherwise. So yeah, I think it had to go right. Um, I mean. I didn't think it would, um, honestly. And, and, you know, you always kind of think about those, those stories that you might have to write, like, how am I going to cover this? If this thing blows up, how am I going to cover this? If, if it doesn't come back and, and what kind of questions. And so my, that was, I, I don't think I even thought that it was going to be a, a perfect mission like this and it made my job very easy because, you know, there, there wasn't that, that much. So we had to report on outside of that, but I, I think it, it had to go right. And I think, the mission managers and the leaders that I've talked to understood that, but kind of kept that, you know, close to the vest and did not express that. But I think everybody knew what was riding on this and and it did go right. And that really sets the stage for, you know, the, the momentum that, that the Artemis program really needed in order to get public buy-in, political buy-in and, and that funding support that it will need to put those humans on on the lunar surface you know in x number of years yeah yeah Yeah. i mean you summed it up beautifully because there was so much writing on this this mission that you know if it didn't happen and if there had been any major hiccups that spacecraft didn't come back you know the implications would have would have been huge so you know you would have had you would have had congress asking for funding being pulled you would have had all kinds of things that just down the line would would be very troublesome for the Artemis program. Um, you know, and there's a lot of critics out there already that are like, oh, this is irrelevant and, you know, SpaceX is just going to do it or, you know, a private company is going to do it. So there's still criticism out there. But the fact that it didn't go so well, you know, there were some technical issues along the, the flight to the moon and on the way back, but they learned how to fly a brand new spacecraft, essentially, and a mostly new rocket with some spare parts, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, for the for the first time. And that's that's kind of what it took to to give people confidence in this program, because until mm-hmm. you see those actionable items happen, like they hit all those milestones. I mean, they hit 
every milestone they wanted to with the mission. And then they added some extras just cause. <laughs> so that was, that was good to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny too. Cause like I, I knew this would happen where I, you know, I was very, I was in a pretty cynical place with with the mission beforehand. And, um, you know, I was no, not, uh, I was you? not wild about the, uh, the trip to Florida and, and how that all turned out and everything. And, um, <laughs> And uh, I knew that as soon as it was launched, then I'd feel like this kind of jubilation, which I did. And now I'm I'm waiting for it to wear off to see if the clarity comes back and to see, you know, <laughs> this is the it's the interesting thing about it because like it, it flew and it worked, which is great, but it doesn't change the overall design. Like it's still it's still the same rocket as it was before. It just has some experience, and um, so I'm I'm curious to see how they tackle some of the the issues that are you know kind of inherent to the design going forward. Um, but that being said, I I'm super excited that now we can just talk about anything else uh which is which is great right because i just like like you said emily it's like artemis one was your life for last year like it just all we could talk about it was the only thing that was happening is just taking up all the airspace so i'm excited to talk about the rest of artemis now right we got um uh astronaut selection coming up this year should be kind of what's happening uh we've got I don't know, probably some starship and human landing system milestones to pay attention to. Uh, what spacesuits? What I don't know. What What are you looking forward to for for Artemis, the Artemis program in general, looking into the next year? What do What do you have your eyes on? Well, we've been asking about astronaut selection since like I, I don't <laughs> even know. I, I it's funny because every time that comes up in a media call, the NASA managers who answer the question are at Houston are like, "We're you know they've told us multiple times we're not going to do it until after the mission." You know, so now we know. Okay, you can announce who's going to go. Um, but so we'll find out. You know, we'll get some faces to kind of put to to the program, which will be really really interesting. Um, I'm excited to to see who that will be. You know, there's I think there's a lot of pressure there, um, even on the backup crew because they have to select a backup crew. So that'll be that'll be good and exciting. Spacesuits, yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because that's another thing. <laughs> like they really need some new spacesuits. So uh, development on that is is underway. Um, gosh, we've got, you know, and we've got to see some progress on Gateway, Lunar Gateway, that's essential to the program, and Starship, you know, we don't have an orbital test flight date yet, but it's kind of up in the air. Um, you know, Elon's been a little distracted lately. <laughs> a little, So, <laughs> um, I think we were all hoping that would happen last year, but it didn't, um, so hopefully early this year. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the Starship is interesting too because I really feel like I don't know, I think we're gonna, we're going to talk about this on a lot of podcasts in the next few months, I imagine. But uh, it really feels like Starship is kind of in some sort of it, it's in a transformation right now. We had you know the program that we knew um, was was this rapid test, and they were burning out engines and blowing stuff up, and they were moving, moving fast, fast, fast. And then it kind of just petered out for a bit, and then everyone was sort of asking questions. And then, you know, like you said, Elon got uh, got some other uh, jobs on his plate and uh, we're hearing that, you know, so Gwen Shotwell is like taking over production site down in Boca Chica and there's new leadership coming in. And so it feels like they're 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 growing into the next phase. And I what I can't figure out is if that's like really, really good news and we're going to see a flight like ASAP or if it's like, no, this is this is a natural part of the TikTok iterative thing they do where they fly a bunch of stuff and then go back to the drawing board and then they fly a bunch of stuff and they go back to the drawing board and you know is it going to take maybe even this whole year to kind of restructure everything before they get back into a pace that's what i can't quite figure out i don't know i don't know what your thoughts are i mean mean, you got to keep in mind like you know shotwell is not as as um 
transparent as as Musk is when it comes to you know those certain things. You know, you don't have somebody on the ground tweeting what's happening every single day. So you know, when 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 Musk is at Boca Chica, we we kind of get some insight into it. But with with Shotwell running the show, she's she's far more reserved and and stuff like that. That's my pure speculation as to as to what's going on. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be exciting to see. I mean, any any one of those tests is just super cool to watch. I mean, that's just Starship is an incredible machine. It just it looks cool. I mean, it just <laughs> it looks cool. Um, and then you think about you know the team that's behind it and 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 the hardware, and it's just like yeah, this is an awesome machine. Like I cannot wait to see it to see it launch. But yeah, we do we do need to see an orbital test flight if 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 Artemis is going to go in the direction it wants to go. I, I think. One of the things that I'm really interested in this year is I did some reporting that's going to be coming out um, in a few weeks for Smithsonian on on um, the training program. And I, I had a chance to talk with Christina Cook about it and like what they're training the entire astronaut corps for Artemis missions. And they've actually they're taking the neutral buoyancy lab that, that they use to um, to practice on the International Space Station, spacewalks and stuff and like have completely like turned the lights off and turned it into like the lunar surface and oh, made wow. the shadows like super long because where they're going to be landing on, on the South pole, the shadows are really long. And she's like, it's totally trippy, like to be down there. And like, you're in, you're on a different planet basically. Right. I mean, and so they're trying to mimic those same things because your, your visibility is going to be so low. The, the gravity is going to be much different than, than being in, in low earth orbit. Um, so like, I think that the training is a really, really interesting thing that's happening mm-hmm. and, and, and how all of those astronauts are going through it and, and they're, you know, really putting them through the paces for this, which is super exciting. So I'd love to get into that neutral boy when it's, when it's, when it's the surface of the moon, like it's going to be incredible to see these, you know, dozens of feet long shadows that are down there. So it's pretty wild. Sounds like yeah. deep sea scuba diving in the, right, in the yeah, dark, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. I I was I remember talking to someone from NASA at uh, the Lunar and Planetary Science Conference last year, and one of their concerns is is personal navigation because of those shadows. And so yeah. they're you know they're thinking about putting little personal GPS devices right in the suit so that you can just kind of like look at your watch or your whatever. I'm imagining some some iPad on your on your arm that they're yeah. going to have or something, and and uh, you know to find out where you are because like just your visual cues, all the things that humans have evolved to use yeah. are just going to be gone right completely disorienting yeah yeah, very challenging uh i I, i'm i'm excited to kind of by that as well just to kind of see maybe more uh like development of the operational plans you know the con ops Mm -hmm. of those surface things and and how how they're gonna do science and what kind of tools like i'm 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 ready to get into some of the nuts and bolts of artists now that we've got this launch i'm just like okay i want more give me the you know what what what's what hammers are you gonna take when you go up there that's what you know well, little things like that they're trying and, to figure that out you know i mean there's so brendan talked a lot about the training that's ongoing with the astronauts but then there's a whole other team that's like planning these you know evas basically but these evas are going to be on the moon and so they're kind mm-hmm. of needing to teach them how to be geologists of the moon and, and what they're going to do and what that kind of protocol looks like. So that's really cool. And I think I think we'll get to see definitely more of that, um, hopefully with some more training insight as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we probably won't see too much for the surface stuff now that I'm thinking about it because that's the next, next mission, right? Yeah. So there's going to be, there's still, there's going to be a lot of focus on Artemis 2's crew, which is going to be, uh, 
I guess docking Orion is going to be the not, not docking, but close to docking the the thing they're going to do that kind of proximity ops or whatever they're going to do. So, yeah, but still, I'll be excited to see that. I'm all for that. So. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's talk about robots too. Um, so Artemis, of course, is all the people, but we've got a big year ahead of us for for Eclipse, the commercial lunar payload services. So on deck we have, let's see, so we have Astrobotics first mission. That's the Peregrine Lander. That's the one flying on Vulcan's uh, first flight. And that's due, I think that's due like March or something, or at least Q1. I think they're still planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, technically we have two intuitive machines uh, missions on the books. I'm very skeptical that that second one will be anywhere <laughs> close to flying this year. But uh, uh, the first one could happen for sure. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know. Any, any guesses off the top about how many of these three are going to fly this year? I'd say two. I'd say two yeah. out of three. Yeah. Put your predictions on the record. I think, the, that, I think that's a record. pretty safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think uh, yeah, it could be one. But two, two, I think, is probably safe, though. Yeah, for sure. I will be excited to see. I mean, you got a new rocket launching a mission to the moon. Like, how, mm-hmm. how exciting is that going to be to see Vulcan fly? Um, yeah. So that'll be an exciting mission. I mean, they're all exciting, but that's going to be super exciting. That's going to be an interesting one just in terms of, of being the journalist because you got two big storylines in there, right? You have the first Eclipse mission and you have the first launch of Vulcan, which is uh, all of a sudden last year became a very, very important rocket. You know, it picked up all those Kuiper contracts, contracts and it's already mm-hmm. got the DOD ones. And it went from being a rocket that didn't have a ton of customers to a rocket having a lot of flights on the manifest. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's super, super important all of a sudden. Uh, I'm sure Tori Bruno would have told, told me that it's been important all along. I just didn't yeah. know it. But, um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any plans for that? Is that something you have big uh, content coverage lined up? It'll it'll depend. Well, for me, <laughs> I'm probably not going to be around when it launches. Um, I yeah. don't know. I'll probably be on maternity <laughs> leave. Um, but if I if I am around, but I I do know that ULA they they are definitely really stoked for this rocket to launch. And you know, I've been asking way too much you know when's it gonna happen when's when are we gonna get a plan what are we gonna you know and they and they said they're they're definitely working on on some things so i think we'll see it in the first quarter but um yeah seeing vulcan launch will be amazing and atlas has just such a storied history and a successful history so it you know if this first launch goes well which i which i hope it does especially with you know peregrine lander that's that's a big deal um it'll kind of put ula in its next chapter of, of launching mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. although I, I will be sad to see atlas go it's one of my yeah. favorites so it's a great <laughs> rocket yeah i don't have any plans because i don't i don't know what i'm doing on next week's show jake so i don't have okay. plans for gotcha. that launch yet but uh you know i would love to chat with tori again and i know he's a fan of yours so tori if you're listening uh and you want to come onto my show uh you know get in touch with me let's let's <laughs> yeah. talk about vulcan <laughs> yeah yeah definitely me too tori um <laughs> I am two, or I am one, sorry. Uh, I am one and I am two. Intuitive machines, a bit more opaque to me. Uh, I feel like I don't really have a good idea what's going on. I don't know, maybe I'm biased because so our, our friend Anthony uh, was able to go to the Astrobotic um, factory a couple uh, months ago, or November, I think he went, or December, somewhere around there. Um, so I feel like I have a really good like vantage. It's like, oh yeah, I know exactly where they are. I feel really confident. I am, I just, I have no idea. I, I don't see a lot of pictures from them and stuff, so... They're supposed to be going in March. That's what that's what the Wikipedia tells me. So, um, <laughs> you know that that's that's pretty close. I'm wondering if we're going to get a space race. What do you think? I think we'll have these two kind of going head to head here. Oh, yeah. a and, little bit. Yeah. 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 
And I think it'll be it'll be awesome. I mean, th this is such a great program, and and you know, I I know it's a little far behind and and faces some criticism over funding. But I mean, when I, when I talk to scientists about the Clips program, like this is super exciting for them because th th there's just so many more opportunities to get your science payloads to the moon now. I mean, if you look at the rundown of of this show and and all of the things that that you know we're going to talk about like there's a lot of stuff at the moon and there's even more stuff is going there mm -hmm. and so i know you know in, in our neck of the woods you know emily and i cover the university of central florida a lot just because of its proximity you know there's a team of scientists that has an instrument flying on one of these clips payloads um and you know five years ago ten years ago this wasn't even something that they could think about putting on the moon um so i mean it's it's a really incredible mission in the opportunities or incredible program in the opportunities that it affords to scientists and, and planetary science in general. So, you know, to see the first few of those launch is, is, you know, ushering in a new era of lunar science, which is just awesome. Yeah. And super cool. And, you know, I know you talked a little bit about Astrobotic and how it, being able to go see, you know, their clean room and stuff, you know, they just had the Moonshot Museum open, which I really want to go to. Um, I think that's really awesome that there's a clean room that kids can walk up and go see a lunar lander or soon to be a lunar rover being worked on. That's that's pretty darn cool. So um, yeah. I think that visibility has kind of also helped Astrobotics name get out there a little bit. And they're like the space company of Pittsburgh, which is so cool. Um, but with intuitive machines, I mean, they've you know, they've definitely provided updates. Um, you know, I, I know looking at their mission control was was pretty neat. Both of these companies have their own independent mission controls. And then Intuitive Machine, they did a, um, they basically tracked the Artemis mission. Um, so it was kind of a test run for them with their mission control. So I thought that was a, mm. a unique opportunity. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'll definitely see two, two this year. I mean, there's still plenty more uh, lunar missions launching, but but American missions definitely definitely at least two yeah yeah uh, what you said brendan kind of made me realize too like i i'm excited to hear more from the customers and i and i that if i if i can give the two of you homework this year that's what i want to i want to really hear is it's like you know so if we're gonna the, the big opportunity with clips is sort of growing the market right like you know increasing access to who gets to put things in space like you said and um that is enabled some weird new people to join the scene that I, you know, wouldn't have uh, ever, ever thought of, you know, the, the Bitcoin people and, and all this kind of like random stuff that are random people and organizations that are putting things on these landers. And I'm, I'm curious to talk to them and, and hear, you know, why they're, they're interested in space and why they think that's something that they want to be a part of. And um, that should be some good coverage that comes up this year as we see these things fly, just like lots of people. I, so you said you, uh, Central Florida University has some, yeah. I, I think, I think I read was that Embry Riddle had one as well. Um, I think they're doing they're doing something. Some, going yeah, on. I think they yeah. they have something. Maybe uh, an, an instrument on one of them yeah. at least, but yeah. yeah, yeah. UC and UCF is just an instrument too that they're they're there's another lander that they're tagging uh, a ride on it. And I mean, to your point, Jake. I'm, I mean, yeah, we hear from we hear from the agency about Eclipse and how yeah, this is this is a fantastic program. And then you hear from scientists that are saying this is awesome. It gets their stuff on the moon. But like, as a as a company why would you want to do this? <laughs> this, is, this is super expensive and high risk, like sending something to the moon. Like what is the market for that? I think that would be an interesting storyline to yeah, kind of yeah. dig into a little bit more. It's like, yeah, I mean, all of these companies are, are facing setbacks and overruns, but because it's kind of nuts to 
try to build something that's going to go to the moon and survive. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so why would you do that? <laughs> but I have to, I have to give myself um, some homework as well because the uh, the Mexican Space Agency is is flying something on, on one of these here, and I have to. I think I have to try and figure out how to do oh, it. Yeah. And see you got to own that, that beat, Jake. That going, it's so. all you now. I know. <laughs> Who else is going to cover Mexican planetary Mexican science? I don't, I don't know. I don't know who's going to do that but me. <laughs> so we'll have to get into it a little bit. But uh, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. And then um, I guess, you know, besides clips, there's also some other stuff happening. Oh, I got I got Google Homes talking me back here. Um, <laughs> so we have some other missions flying as well. So, uh, oh, my goodness. Is she being Ruben sassy? Wants to have it. She wants to be on this podcast is really what's happening. <laughs> I'm right like, on. She probably knows more about the stuff than we do. So Yeah, she's been a little unreliable lately. I don't know if I would agree with you on that one. But um, yeah, so we've got lots of other different missions flying this year as well. So we had Capstone, which is there right now. Uh, there's Hakuto R and Danuri, which are these, you know, these other ones that kind of are, they're flying a little under the radar, but they're like en route to the moon right now to, to go and land stuff and fly stuff around when does the first one get there's what april i think i think april is that's the the japanese lander so yeah and and like so yeah because they're doing this like long ballistic capture orbit thing i feel like this orbit really kind of snuck up on us it's like no one had ever heard about it and then all of a sudden every mission is flying it like that's exactly how capstone got there it's how these two are getting there like where did this orbit come from i don't know (laughs) from science jake from science yeah from science yeah (laughs) it's physics (laughs) anyway that's that's my orbit comment for this for this episode but i feel like i I got you i love capstone though because it's a little spacecraft the size of a microwave and they have had a lot of issues along the way to the moon and I feel like every week I was emailing their like public information officer um you know at at advanced space being like what's going what's going on is capstone okay I haven't seen anything in a while (laughs) like you guys haven't put anything out um but you know they overcame some communication issues and stuff and and they made it so that's pretty cool because it's going to test out uh the lunar gateway orbit which as we know is where the astronauts are gonna chill before heading down to the moon I, I feel like you're underselling it there. I feel like I've, Capstone is like the, the Rasputin of like of spacecraft. It just cannot be killed. It was like, because, oh, they had communications problems. Like they like lost track of it for days. Yeah, and like was there was a, a point where spinning. it was like, yeah, it was just like <laughs> yeah. spinning out of like, control <laughs> for like half a week. And they were just like, yeah, we got back and figured it out. And, you know, and it's but like, okay, it was this a low not... budget mission and testing out some cool <laughs> technology. So, you know, if, if it's going to be, if it's going to go wrong on anything, I I feel bad saying that, but, you know, at least it's something like this instead of like the lunar gateway. I don't know. Just just a thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or part of it. No, there's there's definitely a mission that, uh, you know, made made some good engineers there's there's some people that that are changed after that mission somewhere at advanced space and oh, yeah. uh you know they're going to go on and do great things so i'm really happy about and they that. might they might be really tired also possibly newly divorced i don't know i mean yeah. <laughs> it was probably very stressful for them so <laughs> thoughts and prayers yeah so yeah so big year for the moon i'm excited for it um clips artemis i got indians are going to launch something apparently we got a chandrayaan 3 as potentially going up there so we could have another landing there it's going to be pretty busy time um is there anything else that you or two are looking forward to to cover you know besides the moon what other big stories are on your plates for 2023 Lun- lunar Star-Liner. Yeah. oh Star- starliner <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Crude, crude Starliner launch that 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 should be happening soon. They just released the patch, uh, mm-hmm. so you know we're getting close to launch. Um, yeah, that that's probably next on on my big list of things to cover. 
is uh, seeing a crew on that on that vehicle. Mm. So yeah. I guess there's like there's like quite a bit of uh, sort of we'll call it like alternative human spaceflight. I don't know <laughs> non ISS uh, spaceflight because yeah. we, yeah. we got uh, Axiom Polaris. Polaris. Uh, yeah, there's some. We could even see a Dream Chaser flight um, uh, at the end of this year if, if Vulcan goes well, I guess. Is, that's still yeah. technically on the books. We'll that see. Would, that would be just a cargo <laughs> supply, right? No. They're, they're not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah, the yeah, cargo, just the be, cargo okay. test flight, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, would be, that would be very cool because then we'd have, mm-hmm. gosh, wow, I have to count all the spacecrafts that can go to the ISS at that point. <laughs> it's going to be hard. It's going to be, be hard busy. to keep track of. It is going to be very cool when... Starliner and Crew Dragon are both docked there, and then we've got Soyuz. That's another thing to keep track of. Gosh, Soyuz with the issue with the coolant leaking out, figuring out how two cosmonauts and an astronaut are going to get home. TBD, how that's going to play out. Yeah, um, yeah. Rush is a whole other podcast, really. We could get into that. It really is. It's it's a political science space <laughs> podcast, which was an, that is another thing that totally first half of this year I felt like I was on a mini like Russian space beat because. At Fox Weather, we decided we were not just going to cover weather, climate, and space. We were also going to cover, you know, the war in Ukraine <laughs> in, in different various aspects. So because, you know, the space and, and Russia thing, that's it's related. And there were some implications there. So that was another thing at the beginning of the year that I was just like, wow, I feel like I'm spending a lot of time talking about Russian space politics. But... Yeah, yeah I did is... a lot of geopolitical reporting at the start mm-hmm. of the year on the yeah. space beat. It's all coming back to me now, but yeah, yeah. yeah and still playing out. So the, the good news is that Rosalind Franklin is back on the books. So uh, we got to wait a whole other 40 years or whatever it is. But the, the rover is back. ExoMars is, is not dead. She shall she shall rise. So that's going to be uh, that's 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 the only thing that uh, from a space perspective that I was super, super concerned about. coming. Right. That's, yeah, yeah. Cool. And uh, what about, what else is uh, Emily? I think you said something before. Oh, before I was going to say Curry. Lunar Trailblazer. That's a, that's another cool mission ah, that's yeah, launching. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and we learned. I believe it was. Yeah, it was. It was this year. Like midway through this year, we learned the thirteen different landing sites um, that NASA's considering for the for the moon for the first astronaut launches. And like Brendan was saying, they're all these dark, spooky, scary places. Um, and. So Lunar Trailblazer is going to look for water and kind of map the water ice, and it might help kind of define better out of those 13 places to narrow narrow it down. So I'm excited about that mission. Um, and that's another one, you know, we mentioned UCF, uh, Carrie Donaldson-Hannah, she's a, she's a scientist working on that mission. I got to talk to her about that this year, and cool. just fascinating learning about all those craters and the places they could go and what they could find and how they're going to mine it and yeah, navigating in the dark. <laughs> so that's another exciting <laughs> one, but that's an, that's an orbiter. And so that's supposed to be launching this year too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a ride share on the IM2 mission now, which is why I'm, I'm yep. skeptical that we'll launch this year, but we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm still fingers, excited for it. Cause it's, yeah, yeah, no, it, it's, it's great. Cause it's uh like, it's going to be, it's one of the simplex missions at, at NASA, right. Which is, um, one of those programs that has had some struggles getting things going. This is the uh, we had the, the the Psyche one got bumped from that delay, and so it's not flying. And then uh, Lunar Trailblazer was also bumped from a launch. Like it was, it's been moved around and trying to find a launch. So the Simplex program, which is kind of newest, has, has had trouble getting off the ground. So I'm excited for Lunar Trailblazer, and it had its own budget problems too. It would had had some overruns and. It was not an easy path to get that mission going. So, yeah, hopefully everything else is smooth from here on in. As our as our 
current administrator always says space is hard. It so, is very yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah. Should probably keep reminding people that. That's probably very helpful. That's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Well, uh, thanks so much for joining me, you two. I'm really excited to uh, get into 2023 and see what's going to happen. Uh, I love doing this tradition with you. It's always fun to, to get in front of you. We don't always have the time to meet just socially, so this is a good forcing function to, to remind I us love that it. we're friends. I, and, love, yeah. I love it. It's the highlight of my year, Jake. Yeah. It's, the highlight of, it's the all best, downhill from here. <laughs> don't have a highlight of year in early year, January. For sure. And making us recall all of the things that we did last year and how stressed out we are going to be this year covering all this other stuff. So thanks, Jake. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. This year, I'm going to keep a list this year. Like, things to talk about out with Jay yeah, on exactly, the end of the yeah. year podcast. So yeah. you kind of need it to get back into the swing of things though, right? Because of the holidays and you're just like, what happened? So this is a good, it's good. You know, there's, there's a reason I put this at the first show of the year and not yeah. you know, at the end it's, of last year. <laughs> it is a, an excellent way to start the year. So yeah. we appreciate asking me on every year and uh, it's a, it's our favorite tradition. Uh, where can listeners find you on the internet these days if they want to see some of your coverage? Oh, me? Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you can find me on Twitter at EMSpec. Uh, you can also find all my reporting on foxweather.com and our app. Um, and for the first three months of the year, I hope you don't find me anywhere but at home with a newborn. So <laughs> bye-bye. <Okay. laughs> and I, I have uh, exclusive rights on the first interview for, from your kid, right, Emily? Oh, absolutely. She will sure. come on my, my – okay, Sure, cool. yeah. Sorry, Jake. <laughs> uh, you can, you can, uh, I'm on, are we there yet? Podcast is going strong still. Um, get it wherever you get this podcast. And then uh, we have new revamped websites. Check out WMFE.org for space news from, from us and from NPR. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again, you two. Uh, I'm really excited. And uh, here's to a, a year of great lunar successes. How about that? <laughs> I love it. I Cheers. Love it. Thanks for having us, Jake. That's it for this week, Martians. Huge thanks to Brendan and Emily for humoring me as they do every year. Uh, if you want to spend time with other like-minded space fans, you might like our community Discord. With exclusive access to our supporters on Patreon, we have channels dedicated to different space topics like planetary science and rockets, uh, live event virtual parties, a fun space prediction game, and more. I've made some great friends over the years there, but I'm always interested in making more. So if you want to join, stop by wemartians.com support and pledge today. Have a great week and add Aries Martians. We Martians is an independent listener-funded podcast created by me, Jake Robbins, on planet Earth. You can reach us at info at wemartians.com or on Twitter at we underscore Martians. 